Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm Andy Ruther coming to you live from the Smut Shack. In Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Can I ask you something, Joe? Sure. Do you think... Now, we've I've basically done the same coming intro. Right out of the, uh, coming right out of the gate, just with questions. You're already in interviewer mode, getting ready for our guest today. We have a big guest today. Yeah. Big guest today. All right, shoot me with your question, and then we can tell everybody who our great guest is, if they haven't already seen it. Do I... Do I do the intro too radio heavy? Because like that was always my goal, but now we're three hundred. This will be our three hundred and seventy first episode. No, I think it's fine. Okay. At this point, it's like kind of a a nervous tick. You just it's just the same thing no matter what. Like we're doing it during the morning, we're doing it at night. We've got a guest. We don't have a guest. We've got you know breaking news. We don't have breaking news from the Smut Shack. And it's always welcome. In Venice Beach, California. I like to let people know where we are. Yeah. Or, or for somewhere else. You sound like the worst WWE announcer of all time. You're like, in the red corner, from Venice Beach, California, Hulk Hogan. That's an interesting take, because I'm not trying to be a, a WWE announcer. Yeah. But our guest today, which we'll have in the middle of the show, I am like giddy. I, I'm I I am so giddy because his movies are some of my all time favorite. As you know, grew up watching them. Like some of the first comedies I had bonded with my my dad with my buddy Cutter. Uh, our guest today is behind all those. David Zucker. Super excited to have David on this on the show. Uh, the movies that he's done: Airplane, uh, the Naked Gun series, uh, wrote. Basketball? Wrote and directed basketball? Wrote and directed it, and, and that's a little fact that, that I learned researching, David, is that it's the only, basically the only thing that the Matt Stone and Trey Parker, who created South Park, yeah. have been involved with that they didn't write, direct, produce. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Basketball is a classic. Uh, what else? Uh, Kentucky Fried Movie? Um... Scary movies. He did. He did he the did last multiple scary movies. Multiple scary movies is the director. Yep. Anyway, someone like that you would call a comedy legend. Here's a here's a number for you. His movies worldwide have grossed that he's been a part of almost one billion dollars. Wow. It's like it's like the Yankees payroll. Yeah. Just like a billion with a B. The man's pumped out hits. Yeah. And I can't wait. And uh, I can't wait to have him on the show. A big Packers fan uh, from Wisconsin originally. Uh, so this is very exciting. I know you're like, you're like one of the world's foremost like airplane, oh. you know, fans. And Naked Gun. I mean, when you told me. When you like everybody loves those movies. But you, you were like, you got a little weak in the knees when I told you. You were like, whoa. Well, I, I did. You called me last week, and and you said your manager, Randy, who's amazing, set this all up. She's all right. 
And <laughs> <laughs> you're right, dude. Dude, when you called me, I, I was elated because you, you don't understand. I have so many memories. I mean, I'm doing white guy blinking me. Not only did you just say elated, you said it properly. You used it properly. You're elated. But uh, yeah. You're like, not only was I related, <laughs> Rutherisms. I just can remember, I remember vividly being a young kid and my dad wanted to watch Naked Gun with myself and a couple of my brothers. And my mom was like, well, now, Walt, do you think that comedy, do you think that's all right for them? You know, like there's some, there's some raunchy stuff. And my dad's like, it's all right for them, Joanne. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but I have also that memory. Like, it, why it's so great, why the movies are so great, and obviously we're going to talk to him a lot about all of them, is a lot of that stuff's like subtle and funny that, and you don't even know, like as a kid, you don't even know why. It's brilliant. You know? Like, I learned like the beaver, you know, like nice beaver, you know what I mean? Like that's, I was like, why is that funny? And then I'm like, dude, I'm like having to research through my brother and he's like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's slang for a vagina. I'm like, well now I get it. And I just watched Airplane again this week. Yeah. To prepare, to prepare for meeting Such him. Such a great one. But this is the point. I don't know how many times I've seen that. And realistically, I probably haven't seen it in, in a few years. But I'm catching things now that I had never caught before. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So layered. Anyway, I can't, I can't wait to uh, to talk to David about so all we'll, this. So we'll get through some sports news, and we'll have some David Zucker, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll have some football picks. Yeah. Ooh, look at us! We're like a proper show with like a rundown. Action packed. Yeah. But we always have a rundown. Give me a little credit here. No, but you know, like PTI. I feel like PTI was the original, like you saw the rundown on the show. Yeah. But we're also, let's be honest, we're also comics. Right. So we like we like to go, you know, where we don't know we're going to go. Yeah. We can't write a rundown for this show and then it's like, have just have a blank. Get sidetracked by something that happened in Savage Town. <laughs> like, leave blank for when Yoshi hits a homeless person with his car. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like we're pro- we, the show's just pro- like you know uh, untitled uh, uh, Trevor hair riff. <laughs> Old Trevor, not here again. Yeah, not here. But I'm not blaming him for this one. We we I love having Trevor here. Honestly, I miss Trevor whenever he's not here. How, would you say it's generally my first or so- second question as we come upstairs? I'm like, is Trevor here? It's always your first question. I love Trevor. I just think he brings a good energy. Also, I think it's good for you. I think it's good for your energy to always have somebody here that's kind of like that you can shit on. It's a little lower on the totem pole than you. I think that's why you like having the interns as much as you mock them. Is like you like to have somebody to shit on. That's why I feel like when I listen to the Dent Report, you really, I really see your wings starting to, you know, come open and really, you really start to fly because. You're always shitting on Maddie. I don't think I shit on Maddie. Do no, I? I shit on him a little. Do I? Of course I shit on him a little. You have to. Yeah. It's Goldberg. That's why when in doubt, Goldberg always gets the invite to do the show as opposed to, like, say, Chris Wilde. But you had to go there. You just <laughs> had to go there, Joe Frano. Let's get into some sports because we got a lot to do. We ha- we also have a another non-sports thing in this show that we have okay. to get to. Uh, which the dirtballs are going to love. But first off, okay, NFL Network, out of control. Just It's like uh, 36 different guys are sexually harassing one girl or something. Yeah. 
What the list of names is long and distinguished. Yeah, like Marshall Falks Johnson. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's almost like the list of people that have gotten injured in the league this year. Like you could put together a a the best team in football. You could put together the best team in football with like guys who have gotten injured for extended periods of time this year. This is like a murderer's row, Hall of Famers. So former NFL Network wardrobe stylist Jamie Cantor has filed a lawsuit. And these are the names involved in the lawsuit. Either current or former NFL Network employees. Marshall Falk, Ike Taylor, Warren Sapp, Donovan McNabb, Heath Evans, Eric Davis, also uh, a former executive named Eric Weinberger who heads Bill Simmons' The Ringer. And uh, yeah, this is uh, there's a lot of shit going on here like every other sexual assault, harassment, case that's happening uh between politicians hollywood you name it it's everywhere and uh yeah it's it's uh i mean there was there was all kinds of stories too there was a uh donovan mcnab asking her if she was a squirter there's a warren sap peeing in front of her which he went on to twitter today and was like defending uh Warren well, Sapp, like, Warren Sapp, but here's the thing about Warren Sapp. He's acknowledging, he's not denying certain things. He bought her a sex toy three Christmas, uh, three Christmases in a row, and then he actually tweeted out a picture of it because his buddy owns this company. Right. And he said it was cute. Yeah. I, which I don't even know. It does look like lipstick, I will say. Yeah. It doesn't look like a sex toy. I believe that would probably go on her clitoris. Okay. I'm going to assume. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take some fire for this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, maybe a lot of these things happened, but if you got 36 different employees doing this to you, honey, uh, I, I just don't know. I just, it's, well, well, I don't, I'm not even sure what you were insinuating. This is what I'm going to insinuate is that this, these guys can be at fault and so can she. It's what I, it's like what I said to you earlier in the show if it's like the guy who who is the I don't know I forget his name the guy in Ferguson you rob a liquor store you can't do that but then the cop fucking kills you you can't do that either why can't two people be a fault saying it takes two to tango look I'm just saying I when I saw this story break dude she every guy up there is doing this and, and she's is she a lot I don't know I'm Here, just saying here's here's what I thought when I shit heard. ain't black and white that's all I'm saying when that's I what I'm saying. when I saw this story break it seemed to me that it was going to be really like it jumped out to me as like oh it probably went down like this you're at the nfl network it's mostly dudes if there's a female on-air chick that might not be the person that you want to mess with because they're at a little bit of a higher standing so and i've seen it too i've seen i've been in television and i've seen the, the makeup girl, the wardrobe girl, these are people that have to be in, you know, very close to you. They're, they've got to they've got to put clothes on you. They've got to put makeup on you. You can smell their perfume. It's like almost a bit flirtatious and all of that. Like I, I, I've said it before. I've never sexually assaulted anybody. But like, have I made have I like flirted with the girl that was doing my makeup on things like you're. 
like six inches from my face and I have to make a joke about what I look like and why I'm sweating and all. It's like, it's a very intimate thing, but I think it probably snowballed out of control. This girl's kind of cute and these guy, one guy starts and then he's like, Hey, did you see the, see the makeup girl? And he's like, Oh yeah, I did it. And then the next thing you know, it's just full locker room where these guys are probably literally all sexually harassing her and literally all talking to each other about it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a bounty situation where they're like, oh, I first want to take her down, you know, uh, dinner at Morton's on the rest of us. Yeah, look, dude, I'm not, again, I've never, I want everyone to hear me out. I'm not defending sexually harassing anybody, but I'm just saying if she's laughing it off, if she's, if she's playing into it in any way, dude, but you're, I you're, not, you're I, not, you're not helping the cause is all I I'm saying. I didn't read the whole story. Didn't she complain about some of them and didn't like... Wasn't it told this is kind of part of your deal? And well, here's the full story. She was fired. Right. She claimed she was fired for for saying this happened. No, and replaced by a 30 year old because she's too old now. The NFL Network is claiming she stole clothes. Right. It's a bunch of he said she said, as usual. It's a bunch of. He said he said he said he said he said she said. I just. <laughs> I've just never heard a case. I mean, this is like this is gang harassment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've never heard a case where, and I'm not saying it can't happen, where six different dudes are all sending dick pics to the same girl. Right. That that's just bizarre. I you told me that, and I was like, seventh floor crew. <laughs> like, look, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. And Again, I'm not saying it can't happen, but I just. Uh, but the NFL Network, what's going on now? The story broke today that like this guy who was an exec was just like tweeting at escorts and hookers, like. I'm not surprised how uh, I'm not surprised that this is kind of the vibe that's going on around the NFL. Like when you're doing football all day, when you're a bunch of dudes who all played. And here's what I'll say, by the way. Also, at this point, if you're an NFL player, I don't know if you saw the Larry Johnson story that broke. I would literally blame everything that ever happened. I did everything on CTE. Yeah. Be like, he came in the locker room. He came into the the bathroom. He started peeing in front of me. They're like, yeah, I got CTE. You're lucky I didn't kill you. You're lucky I didn't go full Aaron Hernandez. I mean, Larry Johnson saying he understands where Aaron Hernandez was coming. Aaron Hernandez was a mass murderer. I think Warren Sapp is already using the CTE. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. But but that's Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Again, it's not. I'm just I'm to me life isn't it's it's very cut clear and dry. I just don't think are there. I just don't think there are that many circumstances. I don't. What like, do you mean? Like with this case, I just I just and I know everyone's like oh you know like a feminist would hear this oh I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying there's there's six different guys. Yeah, I don't know why you're that shocked by this, or you think that that that's that weird. I think that's bizarre. I don't think that's bizarre at all. I think I, I think it actually makes more sense than any like. I bet you these dudes are all bros. They're all hanging out together. But I bet me, you they're se- sexually harassing her two or three at a time. Sometimes when they're all in the makeup chair before they do like the morning snap on the network on on the NFL network. Three dudes in a chair all getting dressed together. But if they make a sexual perverted comment and she laughs it off, she's not helping her cause. That's all I'm saying. Well, she's also not helping her cause if she says, like, this is offensive. You guys can't say this. Because, like, 
I think we all know until all these stories started breaking that that is what was happening is people were putting up with it for fear of getting fired. And I'm not, uh, again, I'm not saying that that's right. You should have the balls to be like, fine, if you fire me over this, you fire me over it. But I'm saying something. But the bottom line is no one was doing that for ever until six weeks ago when the Harvey Weinstein thing broke. Now everybody's like, oh, safe space to tell my story? Cool. Here's what happened. Yeah, but everything's happening that I foresaw is that everybody's complaining about everything and the actual women who are raped, who are sexually harassed. And again, I'm not saying she's not. I don't know. I mean, we talked about this last week with the Warren Moon thing. It's like, you let it, like, oh, he put his hand on your ass. Why were you in bed next to him? But that's my point. Right. That, that's that's the issue. But I I don't, I'm not, dis, I'm not, uh, I'm not calling bullshit on the, these guys sexually harassed her. I'm, I'm not, sure that, every, I, I would bet that every single one of them probably did. I'm not calling bullshit either. I'm just, the only thing, again, my point is that things aren't just clear black and white. They just aren't. That life isn't like that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And and this this whole this gang mentality of guilty until proven innocent of social media. I don't like it, plain and simple. And and that includes that includes anybody. You know, you can't just you can't just assume because somebody says something now that they're fucking guilty. I I hate that shit. Anyway, coming out hot this show, Prano. Yeah, I think you're. I think just if you're an NFL player, just always go CTE. Like yeah. I wouldn't even let people just fin- don't, finish accusing or me of. Just don't even look. Don't even look at her in the face. Yeah, just look down. Just, no, just, I would. I would literally. I would. I would run rampant and just blame CTE. Cops would be pulling me over, going 200 miles an hour on the highway. I'd be like, bro, I got CTE. You know what happens when you play in the NFL? Your brain turns to mush. You think I can register what speed limits are anymore? Get out of here. You're lucky I'm not shooting myself and my girlfriend. So Devin Hester retired officially. I, I thought he was retired anyway. Is I, we might have had this conversation before? Is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer? Yes. Devin Hester. Here's a stat. Here's a stat where I agree with you. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Here's why he's a Hall of Famer. Devin Hester has the most. Non-offensive touchdowns in the history of the NFL. 20. Whether that being... Punts, kickoffs. Interception returns. Interceptions, field goal returns. Yeah. Dion's number two at 19 and Rod Woodson at 17. So you have two defensive players. I, to me... He changes the game. Yeah. And And to me also, there's three facets of the game of football. There's offense, there's defense, there's special teams. You should be able to make the Hall of Fame... Out of any one of those three groups. Now, did Steve Tasker change the game tackling people on punt coverage? No. So, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame. You know, he certainly affected the game. But is he a game? As people going, we got to make sure we block Tasker. I don't think so. But, I mean, Devin Hester's changing. He ran back a kickoff in the Super Bowl. Yeah. To me, if if... If he's not a Hall of Famer, then like the no one, then is. no kicker or punters. I agree because he is the best special teams player of all time. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Not only does he change the game 
if you kick to him, he changes the game by not kicking. He he changes field position. Yeah. He's changing the game. God, he was fun to watch. So fun. And it wasn't like, you know, we've had flashes in the pan. Like, remember the Dante Hall years? It was like, oh, it's a human joystick. And we had, like, but Hester did it for a while. And just, like. The longevity. Yeah, the longevity. And also, it wasn't, like, the highlight. Every punt return or kickoff return for a touchdown is, like, a highlight reel. But Devin Hester would just catch it, run, not be touched, and score. It wasn't like this back and forth. I'm sure he had his fair share of wild runs, but. Yeah, he was incredible. Hall of Famer. I think so. Yeah, I agree. He's a Hall of Famer just like Omaha Steaks are Hall of Famers, Joe Prano. I mean, if there was a Hall of Fame for male order meat, I mean, Omaha Steaks is first ballot. First ballot. I ordered some Omaha Steaks for my dad for Christmas as a surprise. He's not going to listen to this show, so I can announce it right now. Guys, Omaha Steaks, we have a great deal going on with them. Let me tell you about it. For only $49.99, you can get the family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter our code DIRTY in the search bar. That's 75% off. It's an amazing package. You, you, you can get it personally wrapped, which I like if you want to make it you know, Christmas or Hanukkah gift or whatever you guys are celebrating. You can have it personally gift. You can get a personal message. It's all packed nicely. So right now, Omaha Steaks is giving exclusive savings just to the Dirt Balls. Listen to everything that you would get for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, um, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes al gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, which we know I love, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and plus, all with that, you get four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter our code DIRTY in the search bar and get a 75% savings. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit. Give steaks to everybody you know. You know, people always say like steaks is like a manly thing. I'll tell you what, women like that meat delivered in the mail too. Go ahead and send your mom, send your grandma some meats, send your sister some meats. Going a little Mark Wahlberg on that. Send send your loved ones some kielbasa. Send them some fucking meats. Uh, yeah, I I love those. I really do though. And if and if and if you want to and if you want to do a, a double gift, you can also send them a movement watch, Joe. Right now. Can you imagine waking up Christmas morning, opening a box, having a movement watch in there, putting it on your wrist and saying, what time is it? Time to cook some steaks. That's right. The movement watches are looking good. They're always looking fresh. I love their designs, guys. Movement watches start at just $95. Go to a department store. You're looking at four to 500 bucks. Movement, they know what they're doing. I've said this before. They've sold over 1 million watches in over 160 countries. Yeah, it's incredible. What happens, they're such nice watches. I have one. You have one. I rock it all the time. You go to a department store, first the department store's got to buy it. Then they got to sell it to you. Everybody's getting their cut. This is just movement to your wrist. That's right. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns. 
by going to movement.com forward slash dirty sports. That's MVMT forward slash dirty sports. This watch is a really clean design that makes a great fashion statement. Now is the time to step up your watch game. Go to movement.com forward slash dirty sports. Join the movement. I'll tell you who's doing some moving right now is every player on the Florida Marlins. Ridiculous. And I feel terrible for Yelich, who now they're saying they don't want to move. What is like? Why is this guy the one that has to stick around your your sinking Titanic? Really, I thought he was going. The report today, which I've been all over the hot stove, as they call it, because uh, I love Yelich on the Mets. I think that'd be a that'd be a, a. Incredible addition. What a perfect center fielder for our team. They move Stanton. They move Ozuna. And then they're saying, we're not trying to move Yelich. And he's saying, I want out. You already moved everybody else. Why should I stay? Well... It's it's a it's a fire sale of, of epic proportions. You now they've sent who have they sent in the last week? They've sent uh obviously Stanton, D Gordon, Marcel, Azuna. Yep. So three all stars, yep. three former all stars. And uh Scott Boris said that the Marlins are a pawn shop. Taking digs. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah. It's it's kind of ridiculous. This is how many times have the Marlins done this now? That's like their mo. But they didn't. But unlike in the past, they didn't win a World Series last year. Right. They were just terrible. Yeah, dude. Uh, Ozuna you, to the uh, Cardinals is a big move. Well, that's a great move for for I'm sorry for St. Louis. Yeah. You know what though, man? How many times are we going to say it? Miami is the shittiest. You know, L. A. is not a good sports town. Miami is like the worst. Yeah. Seriously, Nate, what is a worse sports town? I, at this point, I don't think there is one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess San Diego. They lost their team. No one goes to Padres games. They don't even have a basketball team or a hockey team. When's the last time San Diego State was good? Marshall Falk was a teenager. He wasn't even old enough to sexually harass anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just let's not forget though. Heat fans left a finals game at the end of winning. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't get any worse than that. No. Terrible. I mean fans are awful. Ownership is awful. The whole fucking thing stinks. It, it's all it's all you, you, dude, they couldn't get anybody to the Marlins game last year. You think they're getting anybody now? They trade three all stars? No. And and that's what sucks. They just built a new stadium. They just rebranded, like, the, you know, the new colors, the new stadium. It's like, this is what you guys were supposed to be building for. And they have stars. All all three of those guys that they traded and Yelich are all really good players. And they have other, they have other uh, stars on the team, too. You're not that far away from competing. I don't understand. It seems like it'd be harder to get rid of four guys than it would be to sign two guys. But I guess they just don't have the money for it. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's because no one goes. That's why they don't have the money for it. It's a shitty sports town. That's all it is. Nobody gives a shit. The heat won't be good for a while. 
The Heat, like, that's a great... They're, they're just, like, they're just mediocre. It's, like, the worst place you can be. Well, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, so, you know... That that was their Super Bowl, correct? Yes. Did we give Mac any sort of refund for that? No. <laughs> By the way, Mac, you know my number. You're, you, know, you, know my, you, you know my Twitter handle, I should say. Time to pay up. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that he hadn't. I love that you're... <laughs> Time to pay up, son. We're trying to do some renovations here in the Smut Shack. Man. Every little bit helps. You're you're just a just like over the top harassing of Mac for this money. I'm not harassing him. I haven't said a word to him in two weeks until now. But when you're listening, time to pay up, son. <laughs> Savage. Send my boys after you. Savage. His boys. His boys are Yoshi and Maddie. So good luck with them finding you. <laughs> I don't know who's the worst driver of that pair. How would they even find Mac? It's a good point. It's a very good point. Serious question. Like, I'm, I'm being dead serious, and I'm not even making fun of Maddie. I'm just wondering between his his lack of doing certain things technological and the fact that he doesn't. Do you think Maddie knows how to use Google Maps? Yeah, because he was he was my uh, driving back from Vegas. He was your navigator. He was. And, and the thing is, he was so... By the way, I'd love to see you two in a fucking rally car in the French countryside. You got a left turn coming up! You know what? That's great. He, he... Him holding the fucking map. He was baked out of his mind. He was giving me updates every three minutes. Now it says we only have to go three hours and 12 minutes. I'm like, bro, you need to chill out with that. So I think he does know how to use Google Maps. That's hilarious. Although, although Maddie, I love you. He's not going to like this. <laughs> he did have to download it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. You know how it always comes on your iPhone already? Yeah. He had deleted it. And I said. I had to get rid of it. I needed space on my phone. I've got a lot of YouTube videos of terrible comedians that I got to show <laughs> people when I hang out with them. It's got to be so great for Maddie to be able to do that mobile now. Let's check this out. <laughs> We did listen. We I go, Maddie, because I go, I go. Do you even know how to make a playlist? Because I go, I know you think my music suspect. You know what Maddie did in the way home? He just went into YouTube and put '80s music, and we and we just let it roll. You could do that in like Apple Music too, or Spotify. I know. I don't have either of those accounts though. You don't? No, I don't. Oh, why pay, why pay for that? I have Apple Music. Why pay? I still use Pandora in the Smut Shack. But you can't, isn't Pandora, it's like random still, right? Still random, yeah. but, but rarely, if I have it on a channel of, of a musician I like, rarely am I like, that song's awful. Right. So the Angels signed the, the big Japanese guy. Who's Sho- already hurt. <laughs> Shohai Otani? Yeah. He's got elbow issues? Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad the Mets didn't sign him. That was the same issue that like multiple Mets had uh, a couple of years ago. If the Mets had signed him and then that happened, I would have literally killed myself. But he's already hurt. But I think they're taking him anyway because he's coming over from Japan. So it's not like a team-to-team trade or signing. I guess they're just going to deal with it, figure out what's wrong with him. But he's also an outfielder too, so I think that affects him more pitching-wise than it does as a fielder. They uh, Didn't they get Ian Kinsler tonight too, the Angels? Uh, that was... That was rumored to be happening when I left my place. Yep. It's official. Kinsler's almost done, though. I was say, he's but old. I guess he's old. I guess they're making a push here. Yeah, they had Otani. They got Kinsler. 
We have the last legs of Albert Pujols. Maybe they'll get some people down in Anaheim. We'll always have the best player in baseball. To come out to the games. With Trout. And please tweet at me. Our attendance was seventh overall. When are people going to realize tickets sold versus people showing up is completely different? Also, when, you know, in a per capita basis, that's the way to look at it. Like, we're watching the Oklahoma Thunder India Indiana Pacers game right now. There's no one in Oklahoma City. That game's, those games are always sold out. Yeah. You know? Miami's a bigger city than Oklahoma City. No one goes to games. I don't know why people don't put into consideration their uh, population. population. Doris Burke has big tits. I'll just say it. <laughs> I'll just say it. We're watching the game. She's bent over. She's got a rack I didn't know about. You've, I mean, this is this is old school dirty sports. You've always hated Doris Burke. I didn't hate her. It was just a stupid gag joke. I like Doris Burke. It was a stupid gag joke. Of all the people, of all like the female announcers that we've had to deal with, Doris Burke by far the best. I agree. I will agree to that. I, and I was thinking about that when I was watching this game earlier. I will agree to that. I'd rather watch Doris Burke, who by the way is a basketball announcer, call the Super Bowl by herself. Then listen to Jessica Mendoza do one inning of baseball. Okay. I agree to that. I'm not going to disagree with that either. Yeah. I agree. Can we talk about Michael Beasley for a minute? get Doris Burke on the show. And her dick. (laughs) Can we talk about Michael Beasley? I'd love to. Dude, here's my thing on Michael Beasley. We made fun of him. For his wearing a watch on his ankle and being a lunatic preseason. Remember how, that? However, dude, how are you going to forget that video? Yeah. However, he's playing great, dude. He's playing fantastic. I'll tell you what. He's fitting in nicely. He is. He is. I mean, he was playing crunch time minutes last night. Crunch time minutes. And a win. He's defending. He's rebounding. The thing about Beasley... And he can score when they need him to score. He can absolutely score when they need him to score. He, uh, You can see it. The, the, what I'll say about Beasley, it's the good and the bad. Every time he gets the ball, you're like, dude, he just wants to score. But he's been great about going like, no, I'm double covered. I have to pass. He's even like a second behind. He's like doing the Winston thing, but... He's still passing. He's still defending. He had a big tip-in bucket yesterday. Yeah, he's great. He's been really, really great. He was like almost out of basketball. I know, and that's what's amazing. Did he go to play overseas in China? I think he did, yeah. Because his deal, I looked it up today because I was curious. His deal with the Knicks is only, it's like a shade over $2 million. Yeah. So he's getting paid, which is peanuts like, for these I, guys. I, I love the idea of the Knicks somehow sneaking into the playoffs at an 8 seed or a 7 seed. And having a Michael Beasley game. <laughs> you know what? I think people forget how good he was during his one year at Kansas State. Yeah. And also... Maybe he was the second overall pick. That's what I'm saying. Who was he behind? Was he behind LeBron? No. Not that old. Who was his coach there? Was it Frank Martin or was it Bob Huggins? You're asking me about college basketball? That's another one I'd like to know. 2008. I want to say it was Bob Huggins. No, yeah, he wasn't. Obviously, LeBron was in that big. LeBron was in the huge draft with Wade and Mello and 
Darko was the second pick in that one. He was the second pick behind somebody, though. Let's look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Derrick Rose. Right. L- oh, hold on. Listen to this top five. This is an interesting... By the way, the, I, the, the fucking... The Derrick Rose-Beasley draft, when Derrick Rose was an MVP and Beasley was out of basketball playing in China, everybody was like, well, that's a fucking crazy one-two. Now Derrick Rose is basically out of basketball, and Mike Beasley is a contributor on the Knicks. Whole goddamn... Are we living in the upside down? Listen to this top five from 2008. It went Derrick Rose, Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love. That's incredible. Who's a better fit on, like... On any given basketball roster right now, OJ Mayo or OJ Simpson? OJ Mayo or a jar of mayo? <laughs> Who would you rather have if you were, say, like the current Oklahoma City Thunder? OJ Mayo or a jar of Miracle Whip? Uh, you have to go Miracle Whip. Yeah, you have you, to. You, you, you never can fault Mayo. I mean, Mayo is great on anything, right? <laughs> OJ Mayo is not great on anything. No. no. Like, you could be in the locker room of a basketball team. Uh, when they're eating their pregame meal and they're like, we're out of fucking mayo and people are already getting down, no one's going to be like, ah, oh, there's no O.J. Mayo? O.J. Mayo, his best his best year, I'm looking at it now, I'm all curious. His best year was his rookie year. He's only gotten worse every year. Is he still in the league? No. He's not on the team. On July 1st, 2016, O.J. Mayo was dismissed from the NBA for a drug violation. He's eligible for reinstatement next year. <laughs> oh. I didn't know. I thought he was just out because he was bad. Marijuana. I believe it was probably weed. Which is bullshit because every NBA player gets high. Right. Can't get caught, though. Yeah. Interesting draft class, though. I, I do like Beasley, though. I like him, dude. He's yeah. No, he's been. He's really been great. I, I was like, well, this is like the most who gives a fuck signing ever he's been great that's what i'm saying though i mean last night their crunch time team is frankie smokes uh who's who's that uh dougie mcbuckets mcdermott was in yeah mcdermott's been great too beasley canter bro look at that and perzingis look at that fucking hodgepodge crew Beating the fucking Lakers, and we got to talk about my boy, our boy, the Perzingoat. He did. He, you know, did you see the stat? First player in NBA history. Yeah, but that, you know, I saw the stat. But let's be honest, that's one of those like we're gonna look for a stat real hard. Well, it's one of those ones where it's basically it's just like a unicorn stat because what's the stat again? The only player ever with thirty-seven points, eleven rebounds, five blocks, five assists, and five made threes. So it's a, it's a, it's a unicorn stat. Like it's really, is he the only player ever with five blocks and five threes in a game? You know? Yeah. But man, he was canning threes from way downtown. And also we got to talk about my boy Perzingo's Instagram game. God, you're such a fucking fanboy with him. Uh, it, but it was pretty hilarious because it's now the day and age where people are so into what their favorite athletes are doing on social media that the second he followed Jen Selter, who's, by the way, an ass model on Instagram, if you didn't know, and started liking her posts, it was out there. Like, so that was step one. He's like, he's following some ass model, and people are like, yo, Perzingis is following some ass model. 
Serious question. Yeah. Real quick. And I tweeted this out a few months ago. Would you rather have your daughter be a stripper or an Instagram model? A, a stripper, 100%. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'd Absolutely. Be, I'd be more embarrassed that my daughter was an Instagram model. Yeah. Absolutely. Be, like, like, honey, like you're, so the point of this picture is your tits are out, but in the background there's a coconut water? Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> Like you're you're leaning over, <laughs> you're leaning over. So wait, let me let me get this straight. You're leaning over, and this is a shot directly of your ass, but you're resting an acai bowl on it. Like what the fuck is going on in this picture? And people are so dumb; they don't know they're getting paid for that. Yeah, people are so dumb. They're so dumb. So this girl's like an like a basically she sells yoga pants. She's an ass model. Jen Selter. Yeah, he follows her. She starts, so it blows up on the internet where people start basically messaging her like, yo, the goat is following you. The Przingis is in your fucking, is in your likes. She probably knows jack shit about basketball. She starts putting unicorn emojis in her, in her picture captions. Three days later, she's at the garden in the third row taking fucking pictures of Przingis on her story. He's scoring 37, and he's fucking winking up into the stands. This dude went from a follow on Instagram to having this ass model courtside in under a week. She's 11.7 million Instagram followers. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm looking at the one from four days ago. It just says weekend, and it has a unicorn emoji next to it. It's just her ass. Yeah, they're all her ass. <laughs> but I like, I, I like this Perzingis game because we were just talking about this. I mean, we've been talking about slump busters. We've been talking about some of the women these athletes sexually harass. It's like, this dude's just going for it. He's shooting for the stars. He's like, yo, whose ass has the most likes on the internet? He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get with that. Her ass is too big for me. It's, 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 it's too big. <laughs> it's just too big. Black dudes probably love it, but it, it's just I like a big ass, but this is just I mean he's seven foot three. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a little dude. This is too much. <laughs> it's too much ass for me. I love these pictures. But she'd be a perfect match for you. You guys would be a match in social media heaven. Like yesterday when we were getting uh fitted for some for some clothing, you were like, Should I insta story this? She would be like, You should have been insta storying this an hour ago. You insta story everything. And make sure my ass is always in it. Yeah. You know me. But I own it at least. Yeah. The, the, the problem is somebody like her, and I don't know her. Good for her. 11.7 million. She's getting paid. Good for her. Yeah. The problem is someone like her in about one or two years from now, it's like, I want to be an actress. And they're like, nah, no. Nah. Like, you, you, you have to just know no one's going to take you serious, right? I don't, I don't think she thinks she's going to be an actress. I, I think, I've heard about some of these. I I've heard some of these other ones. I know. I mean, these Vine stars, these YouTubers, they got a couple million people following. She's got eleven point seven million followers. How much do you think she makes to rest a fucking? How much do you think she honestly makes to like have fucking coconut water like shoved in her yoga pants? Realistically, I yeah. think I do know. I think with eleven point seven million followers, if she had a. Uh, a, a coconut. What's what's the big coconut water company? Like a Zico. 
If she had like a, a Zico in that picture, I would guess she would get maybe a hundred grand. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, she's posting three times a day. If she gets if she gets one of those a week, that's five million dollars a year. What's she gonna be an actress for? No, I look. I agree. She'd have to be in the. She'd have, like, but but here's the deal, though, Joe. You say that. But All right, Jen. So here are your options. You can uh, pose with this bowl of Greek yogurt, or Harvey Weinstein can Greek yogurt all over your face. <laughs> like I'm just gonna go, <laughs> just gonna go with the actual Greek yogurt. Dude, I agree, but I think it's still th- there, there's an ego thing because it's still that's still the mainstream thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody. Knows who you are still outside of that that world. Again, I'm not falling there. Good for her. Yeah, get paid, girl. I think she's gonna. I think she's just gonna keep Greek yogurting until the fucking the Latvian king Gives makes her-, her his queen, and then they're just gonna be a they're gonna be a millennial power couple. You know what? She should be. I mean, they'd be the king and queen of 2017. They're like the prom king and queen of life right now. God, you're like a. Talk about fanboying. You're, you're fanboying. I'm not even fanboying. I'm not even fanboying either. I'm just you're saying, like I'm, a One Directioner if Harry Styles is like, no, I'm is not like even, dating. I'm, some I'm other. not even fanboying over them because I'm just saying they're like they're not even real. Like he's a basketball player. She's an Instagram ass model. Like it's like it's a hilarious pair. You know who she should promote? Who's that? Meundies. Ah, oh. see her in some Meundies. Let's, I get would, a, let's get a let's get a Perzingis Jen Selter duo shot into Meundies. I would like to see that. That would be great for their brand. Meundies, I rocked the other day. I cannot stop raving about how soft. I don't even know what the material is. I, I don't just know, know either. I'm I'm wearing them right now. Look at this polka dot Meundies. I, I see. Three times softer than cotton. It's natural, sustainable, sourced fiber. That's what they describe it, and it, whatever that means, it feels amazing. I rocked my pepperoni, mushroom, <laughs> sausage, pizza ones the other day. Yeah. Rocked them, uh, went over to a lady's place. Uh-huh. Did she like them? When I got down to me undies, she's like, oh my God, that is hot. And I was like, I've never had a girl ever say that to me, ever. All because of me undies. MeUndies made underwear the perfect gift that everyone is going to love, guys. They're going to love. Because every every year, millions of people receive the worst gift of all, right? Underwear. But, you know, we still give it to our family and loved ones. They don't want it, right? Your mom does this. My mom does this. But MeUndies, guys, this is the gift that's going to change. It's a goddamn holiday miracle. This year, don't give underwear. Give MeUndies this holiday season. To get your exclusive 20% off the softest underwear and socks you will ever wear, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com forward slash dirty. That's MeUndies.com forward slash dirty. Joe, I am very happy for our guest today. A Hollywood icon in the comedy world. You're happy for him? You're happy for him to be here? I, I'm, I'm happy to be in his lovely home. And what do you? What's the word you use all the time? Legine. Yes, a legend in comedy. His movies. I've been watching since I was a kid. Airplane, all the Naked Gun movies, basketball, so many more. We are very happy to welcome 
David Zucker to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here in my own house. <laughs> okay. Is this the best place for you to do interviews? Just uh, it's the on best your, place on your for couch. me to do best place for me to do anything. I just I like being in my own house. I don't like I don't even like crossing the 405. So uh, you know th- this is this is nice. Although we won't say where it is. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, since you say you like to do everything here, I know that you do host uh, Sunday football. We'll start with sports right uh, out of the gate. Yes, I host Sunday football, and a every other Wednesday we have a meditation party. But that's a that's not a sports thing. I guess it could be it could be a sport, right? It, it could be it, a sport, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> we just yeah, it's the strangest thing. I've never been to one, but except my own, but. We've been doing this for a year, and we just, you know, people meditate for about, uh, you know, there's a 15-minute guided meditation. Who's running the meditation? Uh, my ex-girlfriend's friend. There, there are three of them that, that run this meditation, and, and so we have about 15 or 20 people. And, uh, you know, we have uh, dinner and wine, and, uh, and then everybody retreats into the Packers room. See, I'm trying to kind of yeah. guide yeah, yeah. this into <laughs> nice little whatever segue. we're talking about, um, and then and then we they you know they say now relax your face and relax your nose and relax your neck, and she goes down and and uh, finally and we we're doing this meditation. Actually, it's 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 not too bad. They even let me. Uh, you know, have keep my wine for the. So I can't sit in a yoga position. I can't. I can't cross my legs. Like you know, like it's just so I get. I always get that uh, one place in, in in the corner of the the sectional. Yes, a comedy legend and also simultaneously a millennial woman with your yoga, and your <laughs> yeah. meditation, your I, wine. I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm all things. Yes. Uh, but you've got uh, you've got a Packers mug. You've got your Packers phone case. You got I know. your Packers room. You're a big. Green Bay Packers fan, but I heard something interesting, Uh-oh. and I, we got to start with this. I'm also a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news: David Zucker is a lesbian. I heard uh, that you. I got to get out in front of this stuff because <laughs> yeah. you know everybody's getting accused. So <laughs> I heard that you bailed on the season when Aaron Rodgers went down. You you basically you you were boycotting Packers games when he got hurt. Well, that's an exaggeration. Um, I had. You know, six of my friends from Wisconsin over every Sunday, and we watch the games, and, you know, we DVR the game, so we watch an hour behind, turn off our cells, and, and watch it. So I just stopped having people over, and I would watch the games even, you know, far beyond the hour that we would uh, delay it for our regular party, Packer parties. So... I was watching the games at night, the next day. This last one, I I, I watched the, the next day, and someone that I talked to who was a Packer fan actually gave away the ending well, to me. Well, you but, should reveal that. So you don't watch the games in real time. You watch never, them later. Never, yeah. I watch them later, so I, I, I just scan through the commercials. So and then if it's boring, I scan. I do that. There's that 30-second button, so in between plays. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah. and that's been, I think they said yeah. there's 15 minutes of total football yeah. in like an NFL. I scan through it. So, through most of the the Hundley games, I've just I've, you know, I've been occasionally scanning through You them. fast forwarded through fast 8 forward. weeks of football. Yeah. So, and nobody's been over here. I think I think we're going to reconvene now this this Sunday because Rogers back. Well, let me ask but, you as a Packers fan. 
You you've been so lucky from Favre to Rogers. I mean, it's it, and I appreciate that. Like I appreciate this country. Okay, sure. <laughs> Let me ask you though, because I, I always want to ask Packers fans this. I kneel for all Brett Hundley starts. <laughs> you can leave now. <laughs> if you, David, if you had one final drive, and you had to choose between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, who are you taking as your quarterback? Oh, there's no question, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Because he won't throw an interception at the end of the drive, you know he may <clears throat> he may not complete the pass or anything, but he won't <clears throat> he won't like Harpo throw a banana peel in front of himself as he's three minutes three three yards from the goal line. So um, <clears throat> that that's important. I think you know I I'd go with, look at look at uh, you know as much as I kind of dislike the Vikings. I'm not. I'm not a like a bear hater. I don't get into that emotionally. But you know, when Favre had that one great year with the Vikings, and they were playing to get in the Super Bowl, I was rooting for the Vikings, and I because I liked Favre, and and at the end, he of course throws that. You know, the, all they had to do is run forward. There's yeah. so many examples of yeah. this in football games. When all the all they had to do, which happened in the last two Super Bowls. But all Favre had to do was run forward, I don't know, three or four yards. And he had, I think he had clear to get four or five yards. They could have kicked the field goal and and be in it. But he did this stupid, ridiculous, you know, gunslinger pass and they were done. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm so glad this wasn't the Packers. You know, I was disappointed because I wanted the team that I was rooting for to win that game, which was the Vikings. But it wasn't, it, but it I, wasn't your, I, it wasn't your my team. team. I could yeah. sleep the next, I could sleep that night perfectly well. Like I couldn't after the, that Seattle game. Right. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. So obviously we had the, the big NFC championship game together. Favre's last pass as a Packer was uh, intercepted in an NFC championship game. And that was, yeah. that was a, that's a rough end to what year was career. that? I don't even remember. That was 2007. 2007. I I don't remember it that well. I was I got the into the snow Packers the snow yeah. game. The snow game? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those in Green Bay, but There was also a great snow game against Seattle where uh, Favre threw the snowball. He was just he was so great to watch. <laughs> yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. Now you you t- you just hit on it a second ago talking about all these players changing and you know, if you watch your movie Basketball I feel like Joe and I have talked about this, that it was ahead of its time. Even take take the opening of the movie. That's why I say about all my flops, they were ahead of their time. <laughs> yes. T- take the opening of the movie, though, and and w- what is it? What's the arena? It's like the Maxi Pad Arena. The Maxi or- Pad Arena. <laughs> and there's a little string hanging out of the blimp or yeah. something. Yeah. So it's hilarious, but... You literally, you really were ahead of your time because that movie came out in what, 1998? Yeah, 1998. And we always laugh on our show, the names of these, I don't know if you've seen some of these arenas now. New Orleans has the Smoothie King Arena. Yeah, it's gotten to be stupid. Sacramento like that. Yeah. has a Sleep Train Arena. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. just, you know, like... The University of Phoenix, there's an online university, and then there's a stadium named after an online university. It's like, you guys were not that far off. Uh, yeah. The maxi right, pad, yeah. Like, we're probably two years away from the maxi <laughs> pad arena. Did, did you yeah. basically, I mean, you basically foresaw the future on this, right? Uh, you know, sometimes when, you know, it, it, sometimes that happens, that the, uh, you know, reality catches up with uh, the fantasy, so. 
It's, it's amazing though. Now, now in that movie, uh, I, I and I said this earlier on the show that we, that we pre-recorded. A lot of people don't realize that that Matt Stone and Trey Parker isn't that their only film or only work where they didn't technically write, produce, direct. Yeah, they're not credited, but they, I think they wrote about half of it. Oh, really? Yeah, they they did a lot of writing, and I thought they were totally funny and hysterical, and, and they're so talented. Yeah. And as actors, I thought they were terrific. They're just so good. Of course, they had a good director, but... Sure. Yeah. Is there a reason that... Like, what's the reason behind you choosing those guys for that film? You know, originally, we were... uh, I think Chris Farley was going to be in it, but I think that he... He didn't really commit to it. And so we got Stone and Parker because they were had just come into some kind of notoriety because of South Park, and then <clears throat> then Chris then Chris's people called us and said, "Well, Chris is ready to do it now." So, and we said, "No, we've already we've got uh, Stone and Parker," which is probably you know the was the right decision I think because oh not only because they were so good it was because. Farley then uh, died, you know, I think during the production, during yeah. w- l- when we were filming it. Now, that, like all of your movies, it's such an over-the-top comedy. How do you convince people like Bob Costas and Al Michaels to come in and do, play themselves as broadcasters calling basketball? Oh, well, actually, it's, it was very easy. Um, uh, they, every, they all want to be in movies, and I think in Costas's, uh his point of view um he 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 didn't read the script <laughs> so that, that helped and he thought well it's a david zucker comedy we had tried to get him to do uh naked gun i think and he wasn't available and he wanted to do it uh and, and so but uh he loved he was a big fan of the naked guns so he thought oh it's a david zucker you know pg-13 uh Unfortunately, it turned out to be R-rated, and I think his kids were about you know six and eight. And so when I showed him the movie at the at one of the first screenings, he was mortified. <laughs> you know, he was he was so embarrassed. And not only that, he's there was one joke that one gag we had where we were panning the audience, and Costas was saying <clears throat> and announcing. And everyone here is on their feet. And then it got to the wheelchair section. And Costa says, well, almost everyone. And his mother evidently was in a wheelchair at the time. (laughs) And so he says, could you please take that out? So I did. You know, it was like I was being So nice. he doesn't know when he's when he's doing that line originally, he doesn't know what the almost everyone is referring to. You just got you got to have him He may doing. not have known. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't think he knew cuz he didn't read the script. And if he had read the script, I mean, we weren't hiding anything. Yeah. It's like it Do was your homework, basketball. Costas. It was R-rated. But that's amazing, so, right? Because you know, you would think even from your earlier movies, you know, from Airplanes to the Naked Guns, like he would know, you know, where some of the stuff is going. Well, not necessarily. They were, you know, airplane the naked gun was, you know, they were very PG thirteen. You could take kids to that. This, uh, you know, there was some, there was a lot of language in uh, basketball. It was pretty out there. Um, so, in so he kind of dissed the movie when it came out, and <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't think he was being fair. And uh, but what happened is, cut to ten years later. 
uh, he he was doing a show with Kareem, and he wanted me to be on the show. And so I thought that was odd. And so I said, but I was busy. I was I was actually going out of the country. I couldn't be on it. And so uh, Jim Abrams appeared instead of me on Costas' show with Kareem. And so Jim said that on the on the set there, uh, Costas says, is David mad at me? <laughs> you know, because evidently, and I, th- I think he felt bad about being such a dick about, you know, the movie and yeah. everything. And, uh, and so I think what happened was that his kids were then like 15 and 16 and saw the movie and thought their dad was a hero. Right. And sure they <laughs> loved it. <clears throat> they loved it. Yeah. Like all these kids. And they were like, Dad, you know, you could have mixed in a wheelchair joke. That would have been a yeah, nice... That's right. Uh, all it needed was a wheelchair <laughs> joke to, to make fun of Grandma. Yeah. So, yeah. But Anyways. What I, yeah. But what I find so interesting, you know, in all your movies is that sports and broadcasters and, you know, athletes, they've, they've all played a role. And, you know, why has that been important to you? I mean, even take, you know, Kareem, obviously, who was in right. basketball, but yeah. obviously is also the pilot... Uh, Murdoch in uh, in airplane. Yeah, like what made you what made you guys want to put Kareem Abdul Jabbar in airplane as a pilot? Because I well, I think it was all <clears throat> to get a joke. I mean, these were all if there's a good joke, and they're often good jokes with athletes. Uh, the <clears throat> because we, you know, we want to do a spoof on actually on the the whole um, at at that time. You know, there a lot of. Uh, athletes appearing in movies and they obviously can't act. So they stick them in there. And we also wanted to have an athlete in there so that we break the frame and have the kid point them out. Hey, and originally Pete Rose was cast, but he couldn't do it because it was the summer and it was baseball season. He had had to gamble. And he had to gamble (laughs) whatever he needed to do. (laughs) Greeter at the uh, Sands Hotel in Vegas. (laughs) And so so the kid was going to point out, hey, you're Pete Rose. That was the gag. And so, but it turned out that uh, we got Kareem and uh, and the joke was much better. Everything everything in airplane was like the seas parted. That's what we always said. Everything just went great. Well, that's interesting that you said, and I'd seen that reading up on the movie. How do you think that that whole scene and and, and basically the movie plays out? Then, if you have Pete Rose instead of Kareem, I mean, well, it still would have been funny. Sure, it was Pete Rose, but it wouldn't have been a home run. It would have been a double. But with Kareem, it this was this gag was a home run. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which is, which yeah, I just think even just seeing Pete Rose without a hat on with that that hair he has would have thrown off the whole movie. You got Kareem, you know, he's seven feet tall. It's, it's yeah, it was, it was, and that was a joke that you know we didn't even mean. We just you know, we didn't acknowledge it, but it just happened. And and the other thing you get with athletes is they're they're not that uh, expensive, and and so you get the the the, the publicity value in the trailer. I was like. People saying this movie looks like fun. I mean, what's Kareem doing in this? And, you know, people are curious, and uh, and and we've we've done that in in a lot of movies. Well, I've got to ask because I I know Andy's just li- I, he's literally sitting on the edge of his seat <laughs> because you have to use the restroom. <laughs> One uh, athlete that you obviously had in the Naked Gun movies, O.J. Simpson. Yes, right. How? how first of all, how does O.J. Get cast? Is it just the same thing? Like we'll get an athlete. He's cheap. He's he's got charisma, and we'll we're OJ's going to be our our go to athlete for Naked Gun. Yeah, you know we wanted all we wanted was a 
a guy who would be a straight a straight man. We didn't want a comedy guy, so that opened it up for uh, for for really any but just an an athlete who you know wasn't funny. We didn't need Bob Euchre. We didn't we didn't and and uh, OJ you know we thought could just go in there and and fill in that spot for for an athlete. And I've and, always said. You know, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think OJ does not get enough credit for his comedic timing. I think he's brilliant. Well, the 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 truth is, he he got better with with every movie. You know, to, in the first movie, it took a lot of takes. I remember that that hospital scene. It took a lot of takes, and uh, I had to you know really dial him in. And he got more comfortable with it in uh, in the uh, in in the second movie, and then in the third, it was even better. So. You know, he. I thought he did get better with every movie. Now, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of the time frame. When did when did the murder? When was, so, so the last naked gun? When, when yeah, did, the the last naked gun happened? Uh, you know, I think uh, the, the the premiere was maybe a, months before he killed his wife. And uh, but I don't. So sometime I between uh, theater and uh, VHS. Yeah, I guess yeah. I don't know. That's like too much <laughs> in the past. But I didn't, I I didn't really, uh, I I never socialized with him or anything. I mean, the, I I remember, I uh, I just shook hands with him at the rap party, said goodbye, sold him my knife collection, and that, I never saw him. <laughs> that, was, that was just the end of it. <clears throat> and the next thing I know, I'm reading about it in the papers, and and my phone is ringing off the hook, and I I flew to New York to get out of town. <laughs> But you know, driving here, uh, we we pass right by the scene of the crime. Yeah, and by, so by Bundy. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, you know you're you're mixed up in this. He's in your movie. Your movie's just come out a few months uh, before. Uh, you're in L.A. You're you're in you know close proximity to where the whole thing goes down. How quickly did people uh, give you a call? Like. Press. Uh, oh, the cops. I was like, just said I was just flooded. My phone was ringing off the hook. Yeah, and that's an old expression. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say that for the cell phone? I don't know. The yeah. ringing out your pocket. I don't. You know, just yeah. It's the cat's pajamas. I have these old expressions. <laughs> from, I grew up in the you know in the thirties. So, um, but but it was yeah. I got a lot of attention, and uh, I didn't I didn't want to. I didn't have anything to say about it because I was like shocked and I think depressed about it I was I felt terrible about it that here's here was a guy that I knew who suddenly was the most famous murderer of the uh, 20th century and then was able to hire these really expensive lawyers who got him off it's just there's no justice it's just it's terrible it was just it's a terrible thing and have you ever seen run into cross paths with OJ? No, Fence? I was I was happy when he you know moved to Florida because I was afraid that I'd drive up in you know stopped at a light, and and the juice would be in the next car, <laughs> and like he'd roll down his window and say, "Hey, Dave," and I say, "What do I what do I say? Hey, juice, nice murders. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna say. I I like yeah, I, can't. I just this is terrible. And then I did watch the drama with Cuba Gooding and the. And the documentary, uh, they're all, all well done. It's like stranger things have hardly happened. Yeah. It was a very bad episode. 
Did you, did you see a, a spike in uh, box set sales or anything when? Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I I don't. Know. I mean, we get. There's no such thing as bad percent. press, right? <laughs> You'd have to ask Paramount. You know, they get, <laughs> they get they get most of the money. But I, I want to talk about Naked Gun, and I and I and I think, you know, for me, David, I, I was telling Joe, it was literally like a movie, one of the first comedies I can remember because I vividly remember my dad. Loved Airplane. My dad loved Naked Gun. And I was probably, you know, probably a year or two after the first Naked Gun comes out. And and I'm like eight or nine. And my dad wanted to watch it. I have four brothers with a couple of my brothers and I. And my mom being like, I don't know. My brothers and me, yes. Yeah, my my brothers (laughs) and me. And I remember my mom. But you could say, my brothers and I watched Airplane. Okay. See, because you wouldn't say, my brother, me watched Airplane. You'd say I watched airplane. Anyways, go, go I'm ahead. learning go so on. much. I'm learning yeah, yeah. so much, and, I think, and you're and you're gonna retain none of it. Yeah, and, that's the sad and thing. Whoever actually listens to this may may pick up a few. Oh, points. we 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 don't have the smartest followers. Okay, so, well, then, so it'll totally go over there. Yeah, that's yeah, great. <laughs> but I remember, you know, this is something I remember vividly of my parents having this discussion, and, and my mom was always. I grew up in a very strict Catholic household, and she was. I don't know if that's appropriate for an eight year old. I remember my dad okaying it, and. I can vividly remember watching Naked Gun for the first time in my parents' basement, and then I was just hooked. And what, what's amazing now is, as I'm older is you, 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 un, you see that you know the physical gags, and, and you kind of get them as a kid, but as, as you get older, you, you understand it so much more, and yeah. it's, it's just fascinating to watch. Like, I watched Airplane recently again, and it's great that your movies they stand the test of time and you also pick up on things you might not have even noticed i get i hear that all the time people are seeing things that they didn't see before so that's that's nice when they they get things and uh it's and the the movies do last they last it's it's not like oh well that may have been funny you know 20 years ago or 40 years ago but it's it's dated it's just not i think we still because we still show the movies uh, at screenings all all over the all over the country, and, and, which, and which, it still gets big laughs. Which yeah. sort of begs the question because you know your movies often are categorized as spoof. That's a, 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 it's almost your genre. Like if you if you Google top ten spoof movies, it's all of your movies and you know like a Monty Python. Uh, the jokes stand the test of time because they're they're always going to be funny. It's not a it's not a moment in time. Why aren't more people doing movies like that anymore? Is it is it the state of comedy and sort of PC culture, or is it just because I don't understand why more and more of these aren't out every year? Well, because it's harder to write the scripts for them, um, and uh, and nobody knows how to do it. But I mean, there are. Funny movies. I love Bridesmaids. I loved mm-hmm. uh, Bad Grandpa. Uh, I like uh, Kevin Hart's movies. But but the thing is, no studio executive ever got fired for casting Kevin Hart or Will Ferrell. So, or maybe some for Will Ferrell. But but uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I shouldn't say. I love Will Ferrell. I love these guys. These these guys are really funny. Um, but but it's just uh, I think spoof does not require big comedy stars. In fact, that would hurt it. So they're harder to market in that way. I mean, you, you just have to make a great movie. Uh, but it's my my feeling is that we could probably market another Naked Gun. So, because that's already a brand name. Sure. Right? Well, what's amazing is, 
what what you did, and I, and I, I mean, had this really been done before? You took in your movies, you took serious actors, yeah. you know, like Leslie Nielsen and Lloyd Bridges and Robert Stack, who'd basically right done just serious roles, and right. you put them in a comedy while they're playing it straight. Yeah, well, what we did. You know, I've thought about this more lately than, than I had. Have, had you asked me this question a year ago, I may not have given the same answer. But um, now that I've kind of thought about it is that it, I've kind of called it the Uberization of comedy. Because we didn't, you know, it used to be for comedy, you had to, can't, well, where's Jim Carrey? Where's Kevin Hart? And these guys are really expensive. I'm not saying they're not great and they're not funny, but... These are highly skilled comedians. The same thing with taxi drivers had to know their way around the city. There was a skill. And then suddenly there's Uber and Lyft, and they're just regular people who are using Waze and you know GPS. And it's like you don't need skill anymore to be a essentially a a taxi driver. So that's so in the same way, airplane was the first movie not to require skilled comic actors so and and I, I don't say that these actors don't have skill but you know i don't think anyone was trying to knock down robert stack's door to cast him in anything at the time nor were they doing so for leslie or peter graves or lloyd bridges and uh robert hayes was an excellent uh comic sitcom actor he was on a show called angie and on other things but Never a a movie star, but wow, was he perfect for Airplane. And so, and he played it straight. He wasn't trying to be funny. He was more like, you know, like how great Charlie Sheen is on, you know, in the sitcoms that he's on. He doesn't, he doesn't try to push it. So uh, that's how Robert Hayes was on Airplane. And then Julie Haggerty is like on her own planet. She came in and. And read for the part, and we just all looked at each other and said, "Well, you know, no one's going to beat this because she was, she was so unique, and we were just so lucky to find her." As I was saying, it was just so lucky on everything on airplane. Yeah, airplane. You know, I was born in '79. Airplane came out in '80. Yeah, so you were one. Yeah. So I was one, but you know, it's something that's like you know, my dad was a fan of it and was watching it so often. So that, did you watch it when you were one? So I watched two? it when I was, you know, I remember watching it at six, seven at six. years old. And so you yeah. probably liked the boobies, exactly. like my son. Exactly. So my son and I would be watching it, <laughs> and he's two, and he's still nursing, and and so and he what he he liked the boobies you know so yeah. so so then we you know we watched a lot of softcore porn because <laughs> I liked that and he saw it as food so he he loved all that but stuff. it was an amazing thing because it, it's so funny and it's so it, it it's so funny to such a wide range of people that. Yeah, my dad puts it on and goes, "Yeah, you're gonna see some boobs." Like it's it's, it's <laughs> well, fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, we you know we were talking about it because I think it's safe to say not my first pair of boobs, obviously, but yeah. my second. Right. That, you know yeah. that I that you ever see and yeah. uh, airplane was PG. It was PG because I mean that's how old airplane is because you know at that time. I think Spielberg got it a few years later for some movie he did. And they invented PG-13 for some Spielberg movie. 
And uh, and so, but we were PG. You know, there was a woman's doing a line of coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some uh, <laughs> you great know, scene. Too. Yeah, there was some other uh, other things that I think they would have absolutely well, slapped it, an R on the, us. There's today. the scene. Was is it Peter Graves where he's in front of all the magazines and it's all these these raunchy in front yeah, of like yeah yeah so so like so that so even showing breast it could still be PG back then. That, that's yeah. pretty fascinating. Right. It could be PG. I don't even think you can show and get a PG-13 now no. showing breasts. And 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 the content of a of the the captain uh playing a pedophile that would be <laughs> that would have been R and it shows how corrupted everything's become today. Uh in our in our society. If I can, you know, wax into this a little bit, it's no one has a sense of humor anymore. I mean, Everyone is now kind of like my mom was in 1980 because my that was the only thing my mother didn't like about airplane was the the that when he said when the the captain was coming on to the little kid because she didn't get that that was satire and with satire you're you're morally fine to do that kind of things because we were showing we were really undercutting the clean-cut image of a pilot. How do you do that? He's a pedophile. I mean, that's the way you do it. And it's funny, and it makes a point. It's we're not making fun of pedophilia. Well, maybe we are, but you know, it's it. it there's a reason for all of that. Even for all the things that the stuff that we did, the R-rated stuff in Kentucky Fried Movie was in service of some making some satirical point. You know, Catholic high school girls in trouble was a spoof on those uh those kind of uh, those movies and those trailers. So it it, it goes on. I, when, you know, when I watch your movies, one thing that always stands out to me uh, being in comedy is there's the joke that you're watching, there's the actors that you're watching, but there's usually always something else that's going on in the scene. There's background decoration, there's background actors that are doing something that's funny. And like we said before, it's it's stuff that you catch on rewatches, right. um, but it, it, it makes the movie so full of comedy. How much of that is actually written down and how much of that is added as you're building out the scene when you're on set? Very little of it is added on set. Um, We we can remember the things that were added on set. Everything's in the script. And in fact, all that background stuff we learned from reading Mad Magazine in in the 50s. And that's, there were always things, you know, Mad did spoof satire in the foreground and then they had stuff going on in the background and voila that uh, we could do that in movies and there was a movie called Harold and Maude have you ever heard of that Mm -hmm. or seen it and they did fabulous background gags and they had his like Bud Court's mom was in the foreground inside the house talking to somebody about having problems with her son's self-image or something like that. And then outside, Bud Court was like lighting himself on fire or hanging himself. That's background. And so that was a total revelation. And it just kind of added to what we had learned from Mad Magazine and, of course, the Marx Brothers. You touched on it a few minutes ago, and I think it's important. You you know, you said just like what nobody wants to laugh anymore there's there's no comedy and i i think you know when you watch your movies in particular i was thinking this week 
you know, the sad thing is, if it, can they do an airplane in 2017? I just think we live in such, you know, I call it on our show, I call it the pussification of America. It's this PC age where even, you know, the scene where everybody, there's a different person killing themselves because they can't hear the story about, you know, how Stryker fell in love, blah, blah, blah. It's like I feel every little scene of that brilliant movie would be picked apart. This is offensive <laughs> to suicide awareness. This is offensive. Yeah, the snowflakes. Well, look, I don't know what to say. It's like I'm, you know, is well, this you, what, most for most of my life, people had a sense of humor. I, I st- still think it's possible to get through to people without having them pick up, pick everything apart. But you know, I feel sorry for people who have been so taken over by politics that they can't laugh anymore maybe maybe you know people like that um i i don't i just don't know people like that and uh i'm not because well i don't have many friends but (laughs) 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 i'm thinking about this Hmm, that's why that's why but uh look i you can see i live in my house and it's great and i don't cross the the 405 yeah thank you yes now you're working on another naked gun yes uh, how much of what Andy was just saying is considered by yourself or a studio or just in, in writing the script, in creating the jokes, how much of it is, well, that's something we could have done before, but we can't do it now. Or do you just put it all out there and you go, take it out if you don't like it? Well, you know, there's very little topical stuff. We don't do topical. And right. Because I don't know anything about pop culture and I don't care. I just We just do... It, it's a straight the most important thing in comedy is the story so if if the story is good uh then it's a basically a story between two people it's a story about a father and a son it's a story about you know achievement in certain things and and but it doesn't there's no nothing political nothing i don't think there's anything too objectionable it this thing could probably even be pg but if you the thing the most important thing is to take enough time to write it, you really, it takes a long time. It takes, you know, six, eight months, nine months to really write a good comedy. Now, working for Dimension in, uh, for the scary movies, you know, we had to write the script, the first draft of the script in three weeks. And then the, the next draft was done in pre-production. And the third draft was done on the set while we were shooting. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend that anyone do it that way. However, we did, we were able to do a couple of really successful, scary movies and, and I'm proud of them. And so, and, and they worked, they were funny. So, but, but also, you know, uh, dimension just had a lot of money. They were under the Disney banner at that time. So they could really throw money at it. Now, those are the, the one big difference uh, in those movies, as opposed to your, your earlier work is, uh, filled with comedy people. Uh, yeah, this is the Weinstein's wanted, you know, they wanted to market it. So, you know, we had, they were like, it was a, a hybrid of the pure spoof genre, you know, that, that we did. And that's, that's what we did. They were successful, but I, that's not, I would not do that, those movies on my own. But I was, I was more of the hired director for that. Well, they were hilarious, nonetheless. And Thanks. No, I and I did like them. I love, I love the experience of making a movie. I like directing, but uh, I, I didn't want to do. I didn't want to direct five. So, 
I, you know, <laughs> that, that, you had to tap out I, at some point. I tapped out of that. <laughs> I, I produced it, but yeah, I just I didn't want to be the pitcher of record. Uh, going back to sports, yeah. obviously we have Kareem, we have OJ, Reggie Jackson uh, appears in, in Naked Gun and in basketball. Is there an athlete that you tried to get for any of these roles that didn't want it? I mean, I know you said Pete Rose couldn't do it. Was anybody, and I'm not saying, oh, somebody didn't do a great job, but was there anybody that you had, oh, I'd love to get this guy, but they were like, this that's not for me. You know, I think that um, for, for um, the first Naked Gun, I think we went for Kirk Gibson. We're going to do that. You know, show that that big home run, which was a little more recent at the time than right. than the Reggie Jackson home runs. Uh, but I, I I don't I can't recall anybody else turning it down. But for some reason, Kirk Gibson turned it down, or his people turned it down, or he didn't read it. I, who knows? We never heard. The baseball scene was just. I mean, obviously, I love the whole movie, but every time. I hear Randy Newman's I Love L.A. Yeah. I, I literally, I think of Naked Gun. I think of that montage, <laughs> which to me, I, I, I would argue was one of the best movie montages ever. You know, all genres because it's, I watched it again just last night. It's just so funny. And, and Leslie Nielsen, I mean, could you, could you picture anyone besides him doing those movies? I mean, he was just so good, right? Yeah, Leslie was really the gold standard. I mean, he he just he just emerged from airplane as the guy and he he always knew where the joke was. Um and and it was wise enough to not try to put any spin on the lines. So he was great and Priscilla was excellent also. You know, I never had to direct Priscilla. She just totally knew what to do. I, I mean, after the first reading, she said she was really nervous. She said, you know, I, I can't be funny. And I said, I don't want you to be funny. Just, you know, let the lines do the work. So, uh, Leslie Nielsen, I feel like uh, the umpire, oh. doing the, making the umpire calls. Oh, my God. That yeah. comes up every so often now because it seems like, again, you're ahead of your time. There are umps that are making the game about themselves. There are referees in the NBA that are doing these boisterous large <laughs> charge calls like i know we think, predicted that yeah we really yeah. did yeah and and now i mean there's you know there's umpires <laughs> who are basically dancing as they strike as they call well, strikeouts you know i have it as a a gif the yeah know, the the leslie dancing you know oh, the, you know yeah. the, the legs in the air <laughs> you know clicking his heels i have that and so, so when somebody says when I want to text somebody yay for something, I put that in and it's, you know, I use it. So now that you guys film now, it's the angels, but they, you actually filmed in Dodger stadium, Dodger stadium because Wait. the Dodgers wouldn't, the Dodgers at that time were the O'Malley Dodgers. And, you know, uh, you know, they just didn't want to be involved in any kind of a movie like that. Like anything, maybe. But Who they knows? took. But they and, took the rent for the. Yeah, they the took stadium. the rent for the stadium, <laughs> and then and we also wanted Vin Scully to be one of the announcers, and they, they didn't let Vin, uh, do it, and and Vin was a, a huge Naked Gun fan, and one time I was watching the game, and the, uh, it was against the Pirates, and all the players were spitting, and I have it somewhere here, you know, and Vin is saying, you know, this reminds me of the Naked Gun when everybody's spitting and then the players' wives start spitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was like totally 
amazed that he would say that. So when you film that scene, I'm always curious, how many people were actually in Dodger Stadium when you filmed that scene? Well, there were a couple of days when maybe we had a few hundred people, but, you know, there were certain big shots that were, we had it tiled in, you know, with, with whatever the technology was at the time. Sure. And, uh, but, but we, we actually set up every shot in pre-production for that, for that whole scene in, at a, at, I think in Rancho Park at a, at a baseball field. And so we figured out where the shot, which, which lens to use. And I, I don't know anything about lenses or anything, but, but they, you know, they told me which, you know, this would be a long lens and then and we and we did it that way. And so we we had every shot totally storyboarded and planned out. So we'd have the appropriate enough people in the background. Now, the line, I've always wondered this and I can finally get an answer. I could probably tell you <laughs> now. There's the line where beating a naked gun where, you, you know, he's just getting off the, the flight and, and they're then they're driving and he and he's. What's I think I even put it down here. He says, uh, "Everywhere I look, something reminds me of her." Yeah. And it, and it looks like on the side of the freeway, it looks like two giant boobs. Yeah. Is that? Did you film that off the four hundred five on the way yes. down to San Diego? That's, yeah, that's the I San Diego, it. the San Onofre, I think. Yeah. 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 I told you that, Andy, but you had to ask it anyway. I'm like, <laughs> I was well, just so, where else would that be? <laughs> I was so curious because I actually just I just recently went to the Breeders' Cup with my brother and. And we drove by that, and and we both laughed. Yeah, you, <laughs> that's it. And then we yeah. both go naked gun, yeah. and finally, I have I have a verification that <laughs> that was filmed right off the four hundred five. I knew yeah. it. Yeah. Now uh, we I, we keep going back to sports because obviously you're here on the dirty sports. Yes. Uh, athletes now, it seems like people have also kind of stolen uh, from you guys that that people are turning these athletes into stars. That, uh, you know, you see uh, The Rock, who obviously is an entertainer and yeah. wrestling and all that. But uh, now, instead of just putting somebody in as sort of a cameo, uh, so many of these guys, and I feel like you guys really set the trend of, uh, you know, you take a Reggie Jackson. Nowadays, he would go on to do 10, 12 movies after that. It'd be the beginning of a career. Is there is there somebody now that you see uh, in, in sports or uh, that has has broken that you go oh that that's a guy that that we would have used like that. You know, I'd be a good one to answer that if I watched any sports. Right. If they, you know, <laughs> if they play the Packers, I'd probably say, hey, now that guy could be good. Even yeah. through his helmet, I can see that he's got a personality or something. But I don't, I don't know what's going on. I used to follow the the Lakers a little bit more, but uh, I don't know anyone anymore. But. Uh, for all your movies, no Packers. They seem to be your team. No Packers ever made the cut. No, they're all. They never gave a Bart Starr call. <laughs> you know, I mean, I well, one thing. I would like to be able to direct Aaron Rodgers' commercials, but I mean, they already do very well, so yeah. they don't really need me. But I could, I know I could get them to to be better in them. Well, but, let's. Well, what about? And I would do it for for no pay. Just I would do it just to fly out there. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Randy's just in the background cutting you off. They're like, we'll take you up on that. I just want to hang out with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about, so Brett Favre, yeah. what do you, how did you feel about Brett Favre and uh, something about Mary? Oh, he was great. He was great, right? Yeah, he's just great. Yeah. I wish I would have been on the set. You know, I, I want to meet Brett Favre. But yeah. again, don't you think that 
that they do isn't that almost you know a credit to what you guys did by putting athletes i mean you know his cameo and him in something about mary is completely you know it's just it's just out of place kind of like how you would just put that athlete in don't you don't you think that's you know a credit to what you guys had set up previously by doing that i i i mean i suppose it is but um the Farrellys have been very clear about you know you know, acknowledging us as their influence. I mean, they said sure. without the Zucker brothers, there would be no Fairley brothers. So they've been great about, you know, crediting us for whatever they credit us for. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that was great. If, and if it made their movie better, that's, that's, that was cool. I really do think it's a, it's a thing that is, has become, you know, it's, it's a strategy. It's whether it's LeBron James in the Amy Schumer movie yeah. or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, Oh, just, we know who that is. Yeah. And it's, and, and, it's, I think and your it plane started comedy. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're obviously a big Packers fan, and you devote your Sunday uh, to watching it. Have you ever, or would you ever, uh, rearrange your shooting schedule or plan your films around being able to watch Packers games? No, no, I just no. It's not that important. <laughs> and, you, and you got DVR. You watch it when you get home. Um, yeah, I watch it. Oh yeah, and I'm so used to watching it later, anyways. So. If if we were shooting during during that time, I would I would just you know try to not have anybody tell me the score. But you know when you when you are shooting, you know that eight or ten weeks is intense, and you just you can't have anything else going on. Well, you know Nicholson, it's like in his contract that he's he's got to be in his trailer for when oh, the, for the, the Lakers games the are Lakers on. Games. Yeah, 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 it's like, just it's just not that important to me. <laughs> Which was. Which was which was I, I don't know if there was a, there was a better one for you personally the the Brett Favre Super Bowl or Aaron Rodgers was there one that stood out? As- uh, bo- both of them are equal. I just loved you know both of those Packers Super Bowls were great. Now I've got to ask you because I've been critical of him on the show a little bit with Brett or sorry with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is now going on a decade of having the best quarterback in football, in my opinion. Um, and usually that leads to even more success than the one Super Bowl. Do you? Uh, what do you think of Mike McCarthy? Do you think he's doing a decent job directing that team? Well, you know, I don't know enough to really know. I I think that some of the people that he's, I think he personally is a really good coach. I think some of the people that he's been loyal to let him down and were just and stunk up the place like that special teams guy Sean Slocum lost the Seattle game it was special teams just stupid and that was uh, so tragic it's like I had to live for months with that it's like <laughs> that was that really stung and it was and there was no reason for it we should have won yeah but um, you know other coaches have made actually worse mistakes you know he's I thought he coached a great Super Bowl, and you know, look the uh, the, the Atlanta coach got out coached. Belichick out coaches all of them, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, they they should have kicked that field goal to put the game the Super Bowl away. Uh, the Seahawks passed, obviously, when they had this beast mode guy who could just run over people. It was stupid. One so, yard, yeah, yeah, one yard, and it's like. 
That's on, you know, the gum chewer guy, which I don't, who I don't like very <laughs> much. Carol. Yeah, gum Carol. Chewer guy. I don't, can't remember anybody's name. I'm That's too amazing. old. You know? yeah. but, uh, but, you know, you think about those, you know, when somebody gets beat in a Super Bowl by, you know, a touchdown or, a, you know, something, you just can't do it. But when they could have won, it's like that Seattle game with the, with the Packers. They, the Packers should have won we and, actually and there were that. like six things that happened and that that's a game i don't know what happened i mean this guy why why sean slocum would have put a dummy like that guy who who jump who's just supposed still supposed to block and why he didn't train his players to like the military trains people to not think just do your job and that's what Belichick is. His main thing is do your job. And the players are indoctrinated with that from what I hear. And I don't know anything, but uh, I think you it, it, it is on the coaching that we lost that Seattle game, I think. And, and, and the Falcons and the, and the Seahawks, too. It's, it's coaching. Yeah. So, but, but I thought that McCarthy... You know, he does an excellent job, and I think Capers is great, too. I just think it's tough to when you don't draft high. Of course, Belichick, they win it every year, and somehow they, they do. I don't know how he does it. And I think Belichick— They cheat. Yeah, they do cheat, so <laughs> there is that. But Belichick is also the GM, I think. Yeah. He, he's, just, he, he's brilliant. He's Yeah, no one no one can compete with a maniac like that. And uh, so—, so that that that's all I can say is, is I think that there's Belichick and there's everybody else. I think very much like you know, forty years ago it was Lombardi and everybody else. Or was that fifty years ago? Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'd agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's never been anyone like him. Yeah. So I don't. So, know. but at least you know, my sister who lives in Connecticut is a big Patriots fan now, and so I'm glad that she can get some joy out of it. Now, how did you, how do you end up being uh, just a monster Packers fan, but nothing else? You didn't you didn't bring any you didn't bring any Milwaukee Brewers love with no, you. No, I'm not. Or... A, I'm, I'm not a big sports fan. You know, I just I was a big Milwaukee Braves fan, and when they left, I mean, I was just I left baseball for a while until I moved here in '72, and then it took me till probably Fernando to kind of get into the Dodgers because I always hated the Dodgers. They were the Dodgers. I mean. And I was the Braves, but then I got into the Dodgers a lot, and I really enjoyed that. And you know, it, it, the '88 Dodgers was, that was just great. And then after that, it was kind of disappointing. And uh, and I've never, I just, I'm not, I'm not generally a sports fan, and certainly not basketball, which I, basketball, I understand a little bit better than I understand. Soccer. I can't understand soccer at all because all I'm doing, all they're doing is just kicking this ball back. I just, I said, uh, maybe I couldn't live in Europe ever because I'd only have soccer. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I don't go to the games here anyways. I just have to watch the NFL at different times of, of night. Like I was in Israel recently and I watched a Packer game with some Israelis at 2 a.m. That was it. Was still fun. Where does that take place? Like at a bar or uh... no? At somebody's home, and they got the game on some kind of service. It, we were in Tel Aviv, and I was able to watch the game. That's amazing. Yeah, and they were uh, these guys were fans of 
Oh, they were 49ers fans. So I guess it was good for them to the for the Packers to beat. Maybe we're playing Seattle. So they wanted, we were all rooting for the Packers, which was yeah. nice. Now, uh, you know, you talked about Aaron Rodgers and, and directing him in commercials, but Aaron Rodgers, he's got chiseled features. He's uh, he, he sort of looks like a, a young Frank Drebin. How about uh, a role in the new uh, Naked Gun for A-Rodge? Oh, yeah. I, I would cast him in a second. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah. If he was directed, he could, you know, not I be think, the I stiff Rand, that he Randy is. could probably yeah. facilitate that sort of uh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. casting. Yeah. She's we, good friends with A-Rodge now. I, I heard. <laughs> yes, right. So do you, is there anything you can reveal about the new Naked Gun, uh, the premise or, or any sort of plot lines? No, it's just, it was, it's the son of Frank Drebin. Okay. Yeah. Who, gotcha. And OJ yeah. will not be making an appearance. Now, well, Nordberg will be making an appearance. Nordberg's in it. Yeah, we, oh, have, wow. we have the part for Nordberg. And yeah. So the juice is coming back. So I'm, I'm not going to say. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to reveal that because oh. I think that's going to be pretty controversial. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I have to ask though one thing before we go. You said you're not a big sports guy. Now the movie Basketball was was that based off like a sport you had actually created? Yes, I used to play. Uh, you know, horse with a friend on my sure. driveway yeah. when I lived in Westwood. And then we started playing tip horse and we would get bored with that. So then we made up this game where, you know, you shoot from different areas of the court for single, double, triple, bunt, home run. And <clears throat> so we started playing this and we really liked that. And, it, and what, what it was, was if, if you had a guy on base, and you were imaginary men on base with less than two outs, you could tip in a missed shot for a double play. And, and so we did that. And so, we, uh, my brother came over and he started playing it. And so we would play a two on two instead of a one on one. And that was good. And then when somebody couldn't make it and we started playing regularly, you know, once or twice a week. And then, and with two on two, the losers would have to buy the winners dinner at Flaky Jake's, <laughs> which was on Sepulveda and Pico. And so more people, we loved it. And then when we, when and substitutes was coming, when, when we couldn't get a two on two, we'd, we'd call somebody else. And then pretty soon it was a regular three on three. And then more guys wanted to play until finally, uh, by the, the year's end, we had eight teams of three player teams. And then, and uh, the, the next year, uh, we, and including uh, Pete and Bob Fairly. Wow. They were in Wow. It. And Richard Lovett, who's now the head of CAA, Doc O'Connor. And they were all, they were all in baseball. They would come in costumes and they, and, and the, the, we had You're a playing round as robin. A, as adults. We were playing, yeah, totally. It was like, it gave <laughs> at us first a I'm picturing yeah. you at 12 years yeah. old. No, no, no. <laughs> this was, we were way past, but, but it was like past the time when we could run hard or play hard right everybody had bad knees and so basketball is a sport you could play with a beer in your hand and so for the we had a round robin uh playoff and finally a like a super bowl type championship game where we closed on we got the city to close off the street and we invited <laughs> we invited the the media you know uh the the local stations and abc and kbc and knbc both came to cover it and they and we still have those. And Keith Oberman is talking about it. That's incredible. And covering it with with the thing, yeah, the, the championship game. Well, so, my favorite part of basketball, and again, this is something that I feel like is now 
not just in the NBA, but promoted as part of the NBA is the trash talk. Yeah, the was, trash talk. Was and that I have part a recording of, of the who's the guy on Golden State? Uh, Seth, Seth, Steph, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph Curry is actually talking about it. They're interviewing him about trash talking. And he say, says, yeah, it's kind of like in the movie Basketball. When I go back past the opposing player's bench, they start trash talking and, and they're all laughing. And so, but but in the movie, it was it's far exaggerated from whatever we would do in real basketball. Basketball, it was, it was not really trash talking. It was like, it was very subtle because you couldn't, you couldn't step over the line. And so, We'd say just before the guy shot, make sure your foot isn't over the line, and that would totally rattle a, a guy, and and they'd miss, and so we would call that a psych out. Right, as amazing. Got, so yeah. at, at what? So what's the time frame from you doing this as adults playing this game you made up basketball to then writing and then putting the movie out? Well, I think we started. The heyday of you know the <laughs> basketball, this is a the real for thirty right yeah, here. The is, neighborhood yeah. basketball was probably from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety three, something oh, like that. Oh, it had that. a nice little run. Then. It had a good run. Yeah, it was a really. And then I would, I would, we had a, a trophy which was called the Denslow Cup. That was where <laughs> the street, the street where I lived was was named Denslow in Amazing. Westwood. And. The, the the when the championship was won, I would award the trophy at the big CAA agents meeting, and Incredible. I, I would and I would write a speech for Mike Ovitz was the head of CAA at the time, <laughs> and I would I would write Mike Ovitz's introduction of me because I was the commissioner of basketball, and he would have to read this thing and he, it was hard for him to get through it because. I would always imply that he was having sex with donkeys and all this terrible <laughs> stuff, and you know, and just praising me and everything. And so then I'd go, and you know, and award the trophy. Well, I'm going to throw something out there as we wrap up here. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of basketball. Oh boy! I think you need a. We I should think you do need a basketball something. tournament. I know. I think you basketball. need a West Side well, basketball. League. They are having basketball tournaments. I do hear about them being held across the country uh, to raise money and. You know, for charity tournaments and and fraternities do it. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. Uh, I, again, it's, it's so fantastic basketball. I Andy hadn't seen that. I told him he had to watch it. It's yeah. like that to me. That's that's a movie that you know we're talking about sports. It's just everything in it is now is now happening in sports from psyching guys out to the yeah. Well, the that's you know that's one of the movies like Top Secret that you know it wasn't such a big hit when it came out but it's grown it's absolutely it's just it never disappeared it it kind of the the it kind of became bigger than it was well it is you know and i did and i, and I recently watched it it's it, everything you called everything that's going on i mean yeah. it, it's i'm just waiting yeah. for somebody on an nba court to yell stephen perry as somebody steve perry, <laughs> steve perry. Steve perry. and you know when i was directing the movie at the time i didn't even know who steve perry was <laughs> So is that that's another would, Matt and Trey thing. That's they a Matt just, and Trey would written. make up a lot of this stuff. That's so great. Well, David, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on our show. Well, likewise. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you for doing this. This is great. I'm and, glad uh, I knew all the answers. Yes. And I want you to know that uh, preseason, I uh, I predicted that your Packers were uh, going to win the Super Bowl. Oh. I had them uh, <laughs> I had them Packers, Raiders. Uh, I've pretty much given up on the Raiders, but I'm I'm, I'm hoping that – Aaron Rodgers will come back, and uh, I think they have a 6% chance of making the playoffs right now. But yeah. anything's possible. With anything's Rodgers. possible because, 
you know, in 2010, they were they just made it into the playoffs because I think there was an end of some Giants game where somebody ran through and got a, oh a return. Re- oh, you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was yeah. a terrible tragedy for Giants. But the, the Eagles game, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why the Packers got yeah. into the, the playoffs. Oh, I remember. And then, and then we played the Eagles, and <clears throat> we started just, well, running the table. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was when my my girlfriend at the time knew that I had a football problem because I calmly walked away from that Eagles game into our bedroom, took a baseball bat and just beat the bed oh. like very loudly for about five minutes. She I, I came out. She said, "I'm happy that wasn't me, but I think you take this too seriously. I think you're." <laughs> yeah, it's hard to understand. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to promote or anything right now? No, I I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Twitter, I'm, Instagram, no, Facebook. I'm very happy here in my lovely home. We won't I'm, tell anybody yeah, where that is. Don't go, tell anyone. Oh, you've already told them it was near Bundy. So thanks <laughs> a lot. That'll, that'll, there's, there's your first clue. Oh my God, it's near Bundy. Can you, can look you cut some, that out? Look yeah. for some basketball hoops That's and right. yeah, uh, some yeah. OJ crime yeah. scenes, and you're in the right area. You see any giant knives? You're, you're on the right path. Yeah. Uh, watch Airplane, all the Naked Guns, scary movies, and keep your eye out for the new uh, Naked Gun. When can we get? Can we tease anybody when, when when we might be able to expect that? I have no idea. I really, I really have no idea. We're just, you know, we're we're writing it, it's taking just, our time. It's just starting. And then, and then we'll we'll have to interest Paramount in the general concept, and but we're making it funny. It's just it's got to be funny. So well, I can tell you, you got two people that'll be seeing it opening weekend right here. All right, for sure. I Thank you so. for doing it. Sure. Thanks, Thanks, David. We appreciate it. Okay, no problem. What a great guy, David Zucker. That was fun. I'm still giddy. I'm still giddy. I know. Le Jean. Did I do it right? Well. Don't forget the D, Legine. <laughs> and, and for our younger dirtballs, if you have not... Cinematic Legine. Comedy Legine. And now Legine guest on the Dirty Sports Podcast. If you haven't seen his movies, especially some of the ones from the 80s. You know I love the 80s movies. Yeah. Guys, this weekend... <laughs> yeah. Go uh, this weekend. You're listening to this right now. This weekend, carve out some time to watch Airplane. Carve out some time to watch Naked Gun. Carve out some time to watch Basketball. Pick one of those. Carve out some time to watch it. If you have, if the weekend is over and then you still haven't seen one of those three, just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tease it a little. Do what every person sitting next to Stryker does on the airplane when he's talking and telling <laughs> yeah, his story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into some uh, week 15 picks. But before we do that, dirt balls, you got a few weeks left of football. And if you want to go see your team in this, this rush for the playoffs, go on SeatGeek. That's the only place you got to get those tickets. SeatGeek is the only place I go to. In fact, I like I think I said I was looking at SeatGeek. It's not a good team, but it's the last game of the year. I think I'm going to go down to the Coliseum again. Rams versus 49ers, December 31st. SeatGeek, there's some great seats available. Why Why that game? Just you want to be there when your team wraps up its season at home? It's, it's, yeah, and it's, the, la- it's the last home game. Right. And you're gonna, Yeah, great. Get those tickets on SeatGeek. Yeah, exactly. I was just on SeatGeek today. I'm looking. Uh, the Knicks are going to be up in, uh, in, at Golden State. When I'm on my way back from Tahoe after my weekend there, I think I'm going to drive through the Bay 
So I can go to Knicks at Warriors. Nice. And I know, Joel, we get those on SeatGeek, guys, because it's the only place that we go to, and it's the easiest way to shop for tickets because you can see exactly where you're going to sit, and you can also resell those tickets on SeatGeek. And that goes for any live event, not just sports. Best of all, all you guys listening get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Take advantage of that offer now, fam. Yeah, and don't forget, Marlins fans, you can also sell tickets there. That's right. All right, week 15. Joe Prano holds a two-game lead in our Insane Clown Posse bet. So let's do it, Joe. Let's do it. These are the current lines. Again, these things are subject yep. to change. But current lines that we use Caesars, correct? We use Caesars. Current lines from Caesars Palace. Tonight, a game that nobody cares about. The Denver Broncos travel to the Indianapolis Colts, where Indy is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. At Indianapolis. Denver's actually won two in a row, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um. I'm going to take Denver to win this game. I mean, they they won big last week, and they looked pretty good doing it. They won big back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Um, I think the Jets, as, as bad as the Jets are, and I think the Jets have been pretenders pretty much all year, they're a lot better than the Colts. Uh, I think this will be a lot closer game, but I'm going to take the Broncos to cover. I think they're going to finish the year strong. I'm also going to take the Broncos to win and cover. All right, next up, Bears travel to Detroit. Bears coming off a, a game you'll never forget because they ruined your suicide chances with the Bengals. The Bears are a five-and-a-half road dog mm-hmm. at Detroit. The Bears, I feel like, are in a lot of games, though. Yeah. So I'm going to take Chicago to cover. Yeah, I'm going to take Chicago to cover, too. I don't think Chicago's going to win this game, but I don't understand as bad as Detroit's been how they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite to anybody, let alone a division game. Yeah. I agree. Also, not not to bring everything back, but I have to. There's a, there's an amazing line in Airplane uh, just <laughs> knocking the city of Detroit. Yeah. So, again, guys, I can't reiterate. Just go watch the damn movie. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny that, like, here you are. That movie was made in 1980. It's 2017. And it's like Detroit still, it, I mean, that's 20, it's 37 years ago. Yeah. Detroit's been a shithole forever. LA Chargers travel to Kansas City. We have two Saturday games. Yes. The Chargers are a one point favorite in Kansas City. I'm going to say the Chargers streak continues. They win and cover on the road. I was I was going to try to beat you to making my pick because I don't want you to think I'm holding the ball here. I don't want you to think I'm doing the shot clock. And I was going to say, I know you're on the Chargers. I'm on the Chargers with you at this point. They've just looked too good. And Kansas City, I just think they, they had the bounce back game. But Philip Fudge and Rivers. It's in Arrowhead, which is amazing that they're they're a road favorite, but it is only a one point game. Just, I mean, you have to play the momentum here, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Chargers win this game. 
in a game that is this basically deciding that? I mean, obviously there'd be two games left after Still, this. Though. Yeah. So, you know, obviously if if the whoever wins this game, unless the other team has a one game lead. Yeah. Unless the other team loses both and the other team wins both, you know, basically. Yeah. It would kind of decide the division. All right. Miami's traveling to Buffalo. This game is currently not on. We did this last week where we just didn't pick a game. We can do that, but I also don't like doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it's not on because we don't know what quarterback's going to play. Does it fucking matter? Does anybody? I mean, uh, the Dolphins beat uh, Patriots. the Patriots on Monday. And they destroyed them. They dominated. Yeah. And Buffalo, I, I don't really think Buffalo. Buffalo, first of all, is a playoff team right now. I don't think that holds. One of the reasons I don't think that holds is they lose to Miami. So line or no line, I'm just going to say Miami wins the game. I don't know if you want to, how we're going to do it. I guess we could just take a straight up winner. If you want to try to take Buffalo straight up to win. Fuck it. I'll take Buffalo. <laughs> this will just be a straight up game. Okay. I'll take Buffalo. Carolina travels to, I'm sorry, Green Bay travels to Carolina. Where David Zucker's boy, Aaron Rodgers, is playing? He's been cleared to play. What is the spread at right now? Carolina is a three-point favorite. Again, this is all subject to change. Right. It's been cleared to play. I think it was higher to start. So I. it sounds like Vegas is counting on him playing. Is there How much rust is with A-Rod? Probably some, but I feel like he. I feel like he gets the rust off uh, pretty quickly. I here's what I'm going to say. I think that there's going to be a, some excitement down the stretch with this Packers team. If they lose this game, they it's done. over. So I think they win this game. I do too. I got my money on them, especially if Rodgers is back. All right, Baltimore travels to Cleveland where they are a seven-point favorite. I got to let you pick this game first. You know, fuck Cleveland. I just, you know, no, I'm not doing it. Who did Baltimore play last? Oh, they, oh yeah, they had a good win over Pittsburgh. Yeah, and they scored a lot of points. Which I think was... Uh, I don't think that happens again. Right. I'm taking Baltimore in this game. I was really going to try to let you talk yourself into Cleveland. Now I'm going to take Baltimore in hopes that you try to talk yourself into Cleveland just to make up a game. No, I'm taking Baltimore. <laughs> Houston at Jacksonville. Jags, man. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't even tell me the point spread. I don't think Houston's very good. Savage, I, playing, not playing. If he's not, it's Tyler Yates. I assume that the spread can't be more than 10, right? It's 11. Oh, wow. Fuck, that is pretty high. I'm going to take Jacksonville anyway. I'm going to take Houston. Backdoor cover. Let's hope it happens. It's a game I need. Cincy travels to Minnesota where the Vikings are a 10.5 point favorite. Cincy is just going to fuck me either way, aren't they? I I feel like no matter what I pick, I'm going to get screwed here. I'm not going to let them fuck me twice. I'm going to take... I'm taking Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota. All right, the Jets travel to New Orleans in what I assume, I haven't scored all the way down, I think is the biggest spread of the week. The Saints are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. Man, it's... That's a 
big spread. That's Dude, a big Saints spread. Saints win by two touchdowns they don't cover. I'm going to yeah. take the Jets. Who's, who's quarterback? Bryce Petty? Is he the starting for the Jets? McCown's out. Yeah. And it's in New Orleans? Yeah. 15 and a half, though. 15 and a half. I mean, th- that, that might be the spread of the year. I got to take man. You taking the Jets, too? I got to take the Jets. We're both going to get that one wrong. Yeah, I know. All right, the Eagles travel to your Giants. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. Here's uh, here's your chance to make up. Uh, here's your chance to make up one. I'm going to take my Giants, not because the Giants are good, not because Eli Manning's back, not for anything, but I do not believe in Nick Foles. Not only do I not believe in Nick Foles, I've said it before, and I will say it again, as much as Eagle fans want to say I'm a fucking hater, I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I think Carson Wentz single-handedly won them some games this year. I don't think they're as good as their record, and I think the Giants cover because I think the defense gets to Nick Foles. He did not look good I, in that game. I'm I, sorry people say, oh, we, we, he... He held up. It's like, dude, do you remember the one fucking hit he took? I was like, they're going to lose two quarterbacks in one game. I'm taking the Giants. I can't take Nick Foles either at seven. I just can't. Not at seven. It's just too big. Sorry, that's not a game I'm going to risk. I'd, if I lose this one, I'll, I'll take it. i just not going to take it at seven. It's too big. All right, Arizona at Washington. I said, by the way, the, the, I, I tweeted it yesterday, I think. my One of my favorite things already has been watching Eagles fans convince themselves it's fine we have Foles Nick Foles is good we're gonna be okay we have one of the best backups in the league it's giving me so much joy do the Eagles win a playoff game without Carson Wentz well he's out for the year and had just had ACL surgery I know that's why I'm just (laughs) I'm just reiterating out loud uh I would not put my money on it no matter who they play where they play they're gonna they're probably gonna have a home game yeah, I still wouldn't put my money on it. Well, they're definitely going to have a home game, even if they don't have a bye. Yeah. I kind of want them to have a bye. Arizona travels to Washington. The Redskins are four-point favorites. This is a tough one. Yeah. I'm going to take uh, Arizona. I'll take Washington. Another tough one. The Rams travel to Seattle. The Seahawks are two and a half point favorites. Seahawks are two and a half point favorites. Yeah. Wow. What is that? What? Why? I, I I'm I, the, I don't. Where did the line start on that game? I don't know. I think I think the uh, Rams were favored to start, and I checked it yesterday. They've come all. I think they were favored, and it's come all the way to Seattle. Um. I'm going to take the Rams. Seattle already beat the Rams once this year, and I think I think these teams split. I'm going to take the Rams. <sighs> I just I still worry about Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. He's he's out for the year yeah. and he's not on either of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Goff. Mhm. Same draft class. I was close. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like, this is, I mean, he's won on the road this year. Yep. You know, he looked good down in Dallas. Obviously, Dallas isn't, but Dallas is still a decent team. You know, 
can he win in a division game? How how is Seattle going to rebound after that disaster in Jacksonville? Yeah, what's what's the Seahawks' record right now? It's eight and five. The Rams are nine and four. Right. So this game this game decides this division basically. Uh, I want to pick the Rams. I'm gonna take the Rams. This, this is what sucks. I'll be rooting for the Rams. But then if I don't pick against them, it's like, oh, you know, then this our fucking bet. Uh Fuck it, Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going all in. Don't let me down two weeks in a row, Rams. All right, New England at Pittsburgh. I wish I could have helped you out there and taken the Seahawks. Uh so that then you could be rooting doubly for the Rams. But, you know, I'm kind of always rooting against your Seahawks, unless depending on who they're playing. New England's a three-point favorite at Pittsburgh. New England, three-point favorite at Pittsburgh. I'm actually taking Pittsburgh to win the game. I know you're all in on uh, New England. Here's what I think happens. I think Pittsburgh wins this game, and then I think New England wins a home game there in the playoffs, which fucking kills me. But I'm taking Pittsburgh to win the game. I... Big Ben threw for 500 yards last week. I know it was against the Ravens, but, dude, the Patriots got carved up by Jay Cutler. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. I'm taking New England. Wait, who won that game last week? Now I'm confused. Did Baltimore win? No. Did I say they won earlier? Uh, it yeah. was it was a it was a high scoring back and forth game, but in the yeah. end, Pittsburgh won. That's right. I was thinking Baltimore won in my head for some reason. I might have even said it. Okay, Tennessee at San Francisco. So you're taking New England. I'm taking New England to win and cover. Tennessee at San Francisco. Tennessee is a two point underdog. Yeah. Well. I'm taking Tennessee to win the game. Everybody's on the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon. The the uh, is Mariota playing? He's hurt, but I believe he is playing. That would obviously be a fucking game changer. I'm, I'm take, taking San Francisco. Taking Tennessee on the grounds that Mariota's playing. We got only a, hope so. We got a lot of different picks. I'm going to take San Francisco. All right, your Sunday night game. I think I'm going to do the the Titans have become. The Giants for you. Like two weeks ago, I took the Titans to cover, picked against them. Last week, you took the Titans to cover. I picked against them. It's because of Mariota, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I just don't think he's playing well. Dallas travels to Oakland. Yo, fool. They're a three point favorite on the road. Yeah. It's the last game without Zeke. I don't think Oakland is good. But I also, for some reason, I just don't think Oakland's like got a fork in them. I'm taking Oakland. Yeah, I'm gonna take Oakland too. No Zeke. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going the Raiders. Oh, God, they looked. What bad. are the Raiders? What's the Raiders' record? Six and seven. The Raiders did look really bad against Kansas City. Yeah. I'm going to change my pick. Can I do that? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. 
Hold up, hold up, hold up. We them boys. That's great. Now, like, as if I needed another reason to be rooting for the Raiders against the Cowboys. As I'm wearing my Yo Fool shirt. Yo Fool, I think you made a big mistake, Fool. Yo Fool. But it's all right. I like it when you make big mistakes against me, Fool. That's blasphemy, Fool. All right, Monday night game. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Atlanta's a six-point favorite. I'm taking Atlanta. Me too. And those are NFL Week 15 picks. Joe Prano, it's been fun. It's been great. It's a long episode, but well worth it. We talked sexual harassment. We talked picks. And we talked with David Zucker. What 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 a great show. Speaking of picks, challenge us in the draft app, guys. Oh, yeah. Make sure you challenge us. If you haven't challenged us yet... We're still playing. Just download the Draft app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join. You can join within minutes, or you can play on your computer at playdraft.com. All new players get a free entry into Draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, which is DIRTY. So that so right now, download the Draft app, drop promo code DIRTY, and play us for free. Search or search Draft... Uh, I already said that. I'm, re- I'm reiterating myself. Playdraft.com or just download the Draft app. And play yeah, and if you're wondering where Trevor's been this whole episode, he's been mining the Draft app. So draft against us because Trevor's sitting there waiting. Yeah, he's just high staring at the screen waiting for you to challenge him on the Draft app. But it's been a fun show. It has been. We covered it all, as Howard Stern says, right? We covered it all except your epic troll job, which we'll cover next episode. Tease. <laughs> anyway, uh, special thanks to David Zucker, an amazing human being, and uh, go watch his movies. Yeah. Support all the great things he's done. Prano, where can they see you live? Uh, JoePrano.com. My schedule is up there. Uh, dates added every day so uh keep checking back uh i've said it uh, a few times already but tahoe coming up san diego coming up uh palm springs coming up uh, a few la shows coming up uh potentially san francisco um coming up so just keep checking those uh that calendar and see if i'm coming to your town and if i'm not coming to your town you can buy joe prano takes a stand there you can follow me on twitter at fix your life you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Joe Prano comedy page now. Fuck it. I didn't usually plug it. You can follow me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. He'll be posting pictures in yoga pants next yeah, to uh, yeah. I, I've coconut got, oil yeah. or coconut water. <laughs> coconut oil. <laughs> I've got one of me covered in coconut oil where I'm eating Greek yogurt and drinking a coconut water while I uh, swim in a bathtub full of kombucha. Yeah. Now, with only 2,000 followers, they pay him 50 cents for that. Yeah, so. but it's worth it because all the free kombucha I can drink. Yeah. Guys, follow me at Andy Ruther, all things above. And, uh, yeah, DirtySports.com. Get those get those shirts. Get whatever you want. Drop that iTunes. You know, I, I see a lot of new followers sliding in the DMs. I appreciate your love. You really want to show your love for the show? Drop an iTunes review. Oh, that you know what? That's what gets my dick hard. iTunes reviews. I, I think you just sexually harassed me. <laughs> I think I did, too. Yeah. Uh, Perzingoat shirt in the store, Bill Walton shirt in the store. My two favorite seven-foot-tall white men in the world are on T-shirts. So go to the Dirty Sports store and get get the two goats. I'm not a goat. 
And most importantly, guys, or you're enjoying a great movie this weekend or relaxing by yourself or with a loved one, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.